one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome back to Meet Cute, the podcast about relationship and dating histories, love stories and dalliances, Harrys and Sallies. This week's episode is going to be a little bit different than previous episodes because previously I've featured interviews with writers, influencers, one former purity culture poster girl. But today I'm going to tell you a bit about my own relationship history. Of course, no one podcast episode or interview or essay is ever going to tell you the full story. And if that's what you want, please feel free to buy my book, This Is Not About You, which is available now wherever books are sold. In that book, you'll get all the dirty details of pretty much every significant relationship I've had in my life. So if that's what you want, that is the book for you. Now, I've been presenting or co-presenting one podcast or another for almost 10 years now, but I think I've only ever done one solo episode, and that was for Not Without My Sister on our Patreon, I think, one week that Beatrice wasn't well. So bear with me if I sound a little bit unnatural or just if this isn't my usual speaking voice. It's weird talking to yourself, and it's probably something I'll have to get used to, but also good practice for my audiobook, which is also coming soon. To get one thing out there early and in advance... I am, above all else, a serial monogamist. I have always been a serial monogamist and I really am not sure why. I've had a boyfriend for most of my adult life and most of my teens too. I think the longest period of time I've been single was about two years, somewhere in the midst of my 20s. My first real boyfriend, he actually didn't get a chapter in the book because somehow it didn't really feel like it was important, even though he was my first kiss and the first boy who came to my house and got introduced to my parents. He was a boy I was in school with and I really have zero recollection of how we got together. But I do remember the first time we kissed was at a school disco to Savage Gardens, Truly Madly Deeply, the perfect first kiss song. The second most perfect first kiss song is Sixpence None the Richards, Kiss Me, but Truly Madly Deeply is honestly number one. And I also remember it the first time he put his hand up my top. So that's the kind of relationship we had. I think I was like 13 or 14. It was never really going to get more physical than that, I think. And I don't even know. I don't think we ever told each other we loved each other. I broke up with him. Oh, this is kind of, I mean, I was a child, right? I broke up with him when I was about to go to the Gwaeltacht, which for any non-Irish listeners is basically a sleepaway camp for the Irish language. So you go to an area where the Irish language is spoken um, there are areas in Ireland called the Gwaeltacht. And you go there, you stay there for usually around three weeks, sometimes with a family, sometimes in dorms. And basically, I broke up with them because I was like, I'm going to the Gwaeltacht and I want to be free to kiss other boys. And kiss other boys, I did. I actually dated a lot of boys in secondary school who were in my class. And a lot of boys who were coincidentally friends with each other, which feels weird now but at the time felt kind of inevitable because it wasn't as if we were going places where we were going to meet a whole lot of new and interesting and exciting boys who weren't in our friends group. And by the time I was 16 I'd probably been in and out of short sometimes tumultuous relationships with half dozen boys in school most of whom were in my year but with the exception of one boy I dated for three months from the year ahead of me and one boy I absolutely obsessed over for about a year from the year below me. 
And I distinctly remember realising in the September of second year, when I was about 13, that there was this whole new group of boys I'd never seen before, ripe and ready for me to obsess over. There were two Davids in the year below me, both of whom I remember kissing at the same disco. There was a Stephen, who I don't think I ever even spoke to except to make him a sandwich. I know, I know, when I worked behind the deli counter at the local spa. Which actually reminds me, when I worked in spa at the age of 14, I went out with, as in he was my boyfriend, a 24-year-old man who worked in spa. A South African guy. Beatrice and I talk about this sometimes on the podcast. Like, what were my parents thinking? Like, what... Although we have actually asked them and my mom was basically like, well, what were we supposed to do about it? If we had told you you couldn't see him, you would have just seen him anyway. Because obviously he was at my job as well. So it wasn't like they could say, you, you know, you can never see or speak to this man. He was a beautiful man, as an aside, but such a moan. I just remember he seemed to hate being in Ireland. And my abiding memory of him is he had a cold right, at one stage while we were dating. I think we were only dating for about a month, but he had a cold. And I invited him up to stay in the house for two nights so that we could basically look after him because he didn't have his family there and he was living in a shared house with three guys and they weren't really going to look after him. He was really miserable. So he came up and he stayed in our house and I think we made him soup and stuff and just were nice to him. And I remember sitting in our living room and him basically going, oh, I just, it, it's always raining in Ireland. It's not like this in South Africa. And I, I, like, I remember even at the time, like, even though I really fancied him and was happy for him to be my boyfriend, being like, oh, my God, just go back to South Africa then if you hate Ireland so much. Anyway, that was him. He broke up with me, I think. Um, I don't really remember the details about it. And I don't remember being particularly heartbroken. I think I was mostly amazed that I, at the age of 14, was going out with this 24 year old. And I also thought he was really good looking. So I was quite proud of that but I don't remember us having anything particularly in common except for that we both worked in SPAR. Anyway, so the summer I was 16, two years later, two very important things happened. I got a job in tattoo in the Stevens Green Centre, which was a clothes shop, and they sold, I think, Pasha jeans. Was that the brand? Pash. Maybe it was Pash jeans. And we got a 40% discount. So every Friday when we got paid, they would hand us our money in cash. It was that kind of job. Hand us our money in cash. And I would literally hand back 75% of it for the clothes that I had bought like in advance that week, knowing I would pay them off on Friday. It was not a job that I was like learning to save at. And the second and obviously more exciting thing that happened that summer was that I started dating this boy. Oh, and this is awful how we met, right? And it somehow was easier to write down in the book than it is to actually talk about it out loud because he was dating my best friend at the time. And I actually have no idea how or where she met him, but they used to go and hang out in the square in Tala. And I remember us all hanging out together, going to Pizza Hut, hanging out in the games arcade. And then at some stage in mid-June, she went on holidays with her parents. And I think literally the day after she left, I got a text from him. And he texted me a couple of times, then he started calling me. And she was away for like two weeks. And the thing is, I knew that we were doing something really bad because while she was away, I somehow convinced my parents to let me call her dad on his mobile on their summer holiday. Like, remember how expensive that was to pick up your phone in a foreign country back in, what was this? I was 16, so it was 2001. So I called her to tell her about this and to confess my guilt and like I wasn't calling her to tell her I did a really bad thing and like it's not you know it's not going to happen again I was calling to tell her hey your boyfriend is now my boyfriend it was so awful and sadly not the same time that similar situation would happen but we'll get to that a bit later anyway he and I ended up dating for three months I lost my virginity to him 
one day I was over in his house and we were hanging out in his room with him and all his friends and I remember feeling as though he just wasn't paying any attention to me and we were I don't know they were playing like Grand Theft Auto or something we were listening to music and I remember saying to him hey do you want to do you want to go downstairs with me for a while and like very obvious to everybody what I was suggesting and we went downstairs to his spare bedroom which I think it was like a converted garage in their house and we had sex I remember just feeling like it was less sore than I thought it was going to be and kind of less dramatic like I read a lot of girls magazines that were basically talking about how you would bleed and how sore it would be and all this stuff but it was somehow like more uncomfortable than I thought it was going to be like more uncomfortable than painful and incredibly sterile and afterwards he basically went are you okay and I was like yeah I'm fine and then he left the room while I got myself together again so not romantic shortly after that so after I'd lost my virginity to him and therefore in my head we were in love after that I went to France on this three-week trip that my parents had planned that my mom I think more than my dad I don't think my dad was really involved in those kinds of decisions but I went in a three-week exchange to the south of France which should have been the dream but I literally remember walking through the airport to my flight bawling crying (laughs) because I was leaving my boyfriend like bawling hysterical and I actually remember as well looking back from the whatever it's called like the sky bridge looking back to the windows of the airport imagining that he would have somehow like made it out to the airport to say goodbye to me I was just devastated I really did not want to go but obviously like this had been planned for ages so I was not getting out of it but I mean I really didn't want to go and I think as I say this, this might be the first time that I realise this is quite karmic, but while I was in France on that trip, he called me and broke up with me. I was heartbroken. I remember crying, like so, just being really incredulous, wishing that I could go home and kind of talk him out of this decision, kind of feeling like if he saw me, this wouldn't happen. And just, oh my God, I was so heartbroken and I was so... There's nothing worse, I think, than going through a breakup or feeling that kind of grief when you feel as though you're alone. So you're away from your friends, you're away from your family. And I remember my host dad, so the dad of the family, came out to dinner that night dressed in basically a sheet that he had fashioned into a toga to try and cheer me up. And I think it did cheer me up, actually. I think it was quite funny. But that was just absolutely devastating to me. I obviously got over it quite quickly because (laughs) I think... So that was like July or August. I remember going back to school incredibly tanned. I also remember becoming obsessed with a guy at school who was new that year. And we never, nothing ever happened between us. I think we texted for a while. I was convinced that we were falling in love. At one stage, I quote unquote flirtily, like flirtily in my head, walked across the road outside our school and handed him one of those gold coin Durex condoms. Where did I even get that? Where did I even get that condom? What did I think I was saying to him? Like, hey, we're going to have sex someday, but it's going to be safe. Like, what? What was I doing? I, I wonder what he did with that condom. It was probably expired by the time. Like, I think it was the kind of thing I went into Boots one day and bought it because I just thought it was gas. You know, I thought it was so cool buying a condom. You could buy them in the single, buy a single gold coin condom, like near the tills, I think. That's kind of how I remember it. But anyway, obsessed with him. Nothing ever happened. And I still wonder... What was, like, were my feelings reciprocated? I would love to actually interview some of the men that in my life I've been obsessed with and find out, did you know how obsessed I was with you? What did you think of me? Were the feelings reciprocated or was I completely making this up in my head? Although, as I say this now, probably I wouldn't like to interview them. Anyway, 
so before Christmas of that year, so we went back to school in September, I started dating a boy from school who once again was friends with my kind of group of guy friends, but actually more, I think, at a kind of a one remove. I think he was in the year ahead of us or he was in a different year. And I started dating him and we would end up dating for three years on and off, mostly on. Um, At the time, I probably thought of him as my first love. Like I was like, this is my first big, serious relationship. There were a lot of big feelings in that relationship going both ways. We spent a lot of time together. We spent a lot of time on the phone together. We, I suppose that was the first relationship in which I started having sex kind of regularly. And we started actually caring about how the other person felt during sex, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't, I think previously when I had slept with my ex-boyfriend, it was more, I wanted him to pay attention to me. I wanted to seem grown up because he was older than me. I wanted to kind of, I felt like this was going to cement our friendship if we slept together. Whereas with this guy that I dated for three years, It was more like we actually wanted to sleep with each other and we wanted to, you know, please each other and we wanted to be pleased in bed. And he was like a lovely guy, but we had a very intense relationship. I think a lot of people probably have these when they're in their teens, kind of before they get into their 20s, your kind of teenage boyfriend, which is why I often wonder, like when people get married to their high school boyfriends, I'm like, imagine if I'd got married to him because I feel like it was just such an intense relationship, so full of like hormones and feelings and emotions and devastation and anger and happiness and like all these huge feelings. I feel like I had to experience it to go on and experience the next thing. But like, what if that was the only relationship I'd ever experienced? Like, what is that like? Anyway, that's a question for someone else, because obviously that's not what happened with me. We broke up, I think in the last year of our relationship, I basically kept breaking up with him because I felt like I think I knew he wasn't the guy for me, but I think I also felt as though he thought he was the guy for me and he probably, this is what I thought at the time, that he probably would have been in it for the long run, that if we stayed together for another year, he probably would propose, that we would end up getting married young and that we would then be in this like intense relationship for, you know, it kind of felt, I felt kind of stifled or trapped by the idea of what in my head I thought he wanted. And I obviously have no I have nothing to say or prove what he did or didn't want, but that was what I was imagining. So anyway, in the last year of our relationship, I broke up with him kind of three or four times and we would have this like devastated breakup. And then a couple of weeks later, we would get back together. I remember one of the times we broke up, he started then dating a girl that I had been friends with from my school. She and I had had a big falling out. So when they started going out, I felt so betrayed by him, but also weirdly by her. Because even though we weren't speaking and we, I mean, would go on to not speak until we were in our late 20s. I think we met up for a drink at one stage and we're basically like, God, that was a pity that that happened. You know what I mean? But um, I just felt so upset and angry. And it was one of those things that really made me go, oh, my God, I want him back. Like, we're meant to be together. He's not meant to be with her. And I think it was really born of jealousy. But anyway... I basically, while he was dating her, while they were like boyfriend and girlfriend, you know, in that way that you'd go, will you be such and such as boyfriend and you'd automatically be boyfriend and girlfriend, even though you might not not ever have kissed before. But I basically told him while he was going out with her that I still loved him and that I wanted us to get back together, that I'd made a big mistake. And I remember we were at a party in a friend's house. She wasn't there and he was. And I basically got him into the spare room and was like, you know, we just like, we need to be together. Like, I miss you so much. This is awful. And we ended up kissing at that party and then he broke up with her that day. 
Um, and I think we only ended up going out for another couple of weeks and then we broke up for good. So it was really not my finest moment. I think it very much was like, I didn't want to be with him, but I really didn't want her to be with him more, if that makes sense. It was, yeah, I was not a great person when it came to female friendships and relationships because I think I just put so much emphasis on how important it was that I was desired by men or that like I was such a pick me you know what I mean that it was such a I really wanted to be chosen above anyone else anyway so so we broke up I think the year before I started college so after my after I finished my school exams I took a year out and I worked for a year and we broke up during that year then I started college the following year and my first year in college I started kind of seeing another guy from our school friends group who god I swear to god things are going to get better after this right I started dating him he had been previously going out with my friend they've been dating for I think six months maybe a year she was in my friends group we weren't best friends but we were definitely friends enough that like if I had had the girls over she would have been invited if she had had the girls over I would have been invited you know what I mean we were in the same group and they had been dating for yeah like I said six months to a year they broke up I had honestly never thought of him as a romantic prospect. I'd never fancied him. We'd never, we'd just been friends. Like it hadn't even occurred to me to think of him like that until we went out one night. We both got really drunk and I was in Q Bar in Dublin city centre. That's where we all were. We were dancing. I bumped into him on the stairs. We had some conversation and we ended up kissing. And literally from that moment, I was like, oh my God, if like, if I've never even thought about him like that, but if he likes me, then of course I like him. Like That was really how I thought about men back then, that it was like, if somebody liked me, I automatically liked them because why wouldn't I? They like me. <laughs> so we were never actually boyfriend and girlfriend, but we hooked up a couple of times. We started sleeping together kind of casually over the next couple of months. That summer, I went to Milan. My sister was living there at the time and I went over and spent, I think, 10 weeks with her living with her, working in a bar and practicing my Italian because I was doing Italian in college. So he and I hadn't really kept in touch. I think I had a mobile phone, but like it was really expensive to text Ireland from Italy. And I was, I think I was trying to be very cool. Like we were casual, you know what I mean? We weren't actually boyfriend and girlfriend, but I was convinced that once I got home, we would be boyfriend and girlfriend. But I was like, this is where this is going. I did have like a summer romance while I was in Milan with a gorgeous Mexican guy named Poncho. It was his nickname. I actually don't know if I ever knew his real name. But he was, oh my God, he was such a gorgeous guy. He was so nice. He wore a little like choker necklace made out of coral beads and he had a tiny little ponytail mullet. And I'm painting a terrible picture, but he was very good looking and really nice. <laughs> but yeah, the, the choker and the ponytail, but they somehow worked. Like you had to, you had to be there. You kind of pulled it off. But while I was in Milan, a friend of mine had started dating this other guy's brother. And I remember talking to her when I got home and she was like, oh my God, he told me that, you know, the guy that I've been seeing really missed you and that he's been thinking about you so much and he's never seen him like this about a girl. And I was, oh my God, so convinced that our reunion was going to be this like fireworks explosion of like passion and chemistry and like we'd miss each other so much. And I remember we went for drinks, like a big group of us. It was the first time that I'd seen him since I got back and he barely even looked at me like literally across the room, did not come over to say hello, did not give me a hug. I remember another guy who was in our friends group being like, oh my God, it's so nice to see you You look amazing. Did you have a great summer? And I was literally like, oh my God, this should be his reaction. Like what is going on? 
And I think a couple of weeks, like maybe two weeks after that, he just told me that he didn't want to see me anymore. I didn't really know why and I didn't ask him at the time. And like I said, we weren't actually going out. We were just casual. So it didn't feel like I kind of was going through a big breakup, but I still was really surprised and really upset. And that was probably in like October of that year. And then in February, I had my 21st birthday. And I remember meeting him on the stairs at the end of the night and him saying something to me like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really sorry how things ended with us. And I was just like, don't worry about it. And like breezed off thinking to myself, it's okay. We'll like, we'll get like, I have to treat him mean, but like, we're going to get back together. That was what was in my mind. Listeners, we did not. He had invited everyone back to his house after my birthday to like keep the party going. And basically a load of us, about 10 of us showed up waited at his house he never showed up he had gotten a taxi and gone to his dad's house like he had just moved into this new place and he had gone to the wrong address at the time he said it was because because he was so drunk in hindsight I'm wondering if he was just like I don't want to go and deal with any of that but nothing ever happened with us after that so that was that who knows once again I would like to ask him like on the night of my 21st do you remember that do you remember what you were thinking like, why did you tell your brother you missed me so much if you were then going to break? I mean, he probably doesn't even remember. Like, wh- why do I remember so much? These things really affected me more than I think they should have. Anyway, I went back to college that following year into second year of college and I joined the Choral Society, which was a very exciting time for me because I love to sing and I didn't realize how much I would love to sing in a group. We were, like, every stereotype you have about the Choral Society in college was true. We would sing, like, have sing songs on the bus going places. We entered a lot of different competitions. So we would end up, like, traveling across Ireland. We went to Italy at one point. And there was honestly none. I think we sang in the airport. I think we were, like, sitting in the airport waiting for our flight singing. I'm sure people around us were horrified. (laughs) But anyway, I started dating a guy who was in the choir. He was a bass. I was a soprano. Could it be any more obvious? We ended up seeing each other for three years and actually he was probably the first man I really loved in a way that it wasn't just kind of the idea of love in my head. I felt like we really got to know one another. We kind of, I don't know, we had fights and we had like, we had arguments and discussions like grown-ups, and then we made up and we didn't have these like my previous and my other three-year relationship and like my other three-year relationship in secondary school was so dramatic but this relationship was just so easy and so straightforward and just so lovely and so loving and I loved him so much we ended up breaking up more to do with circumstance than anything else although probably the romantic in me would be like if it hadn't been meant to work it would have worked we would have worked it out But basically, it was right after the recession. He had graduated as an engineer. He was working in construction. So obviously, that all went bust. He had been working in Dublin. He lost his job. He had to move back down to Galway. We were kind of doing long distance for a while. I, meanwhile, had got a job at the Irish Times, which I loved. It was my dream job. Although I always panicked while I was there. And I was right, in hindsight. But I was always really worried because I was like, I've peaked too soon. I got into the Irish Times too soon. There's nowhere to go from here but down. So I loved my job. He lost his job. He moved back to Galway. He did get another job back in Galway, but we had been talking about moving to Australia or going to do like a year or two in Australia. And 
obviously he was like primed to go, right? He had lost his job in Dublin. He was back in Galway. He was living at home. He was kind of going, this would be a great opportunity for me. I felt like I was in my great opportunity. And that if I left and went to Australia, I'd be going to a country where I knew no one. I was starting at zero because obviously I'd worked at the Irish Times, but I'd only been working there for a few months. So it wasn't like this would do a great job on my CV. So we basically ended up breaking up for that practical reason that he wanted to go to Australia. I didn't. Neither of us wanted to do long distance across the world. And in hindsight, I'm like, maybe if we had been more in love, we would have been willing to do that long distance. But actually, he moved to Australia. He met a woman there and ended up getting married to her. And I think they have two kids. And he seems really happy. And actually, he was one of the men that I emailed when I was writing my book to let him know that I was writing the book and to share the chapter with him. So I did that with some of the guides that I'm on like very good terms with. And the other men, I basically made sure to change details so they wouldn't be identifiable. With him, I felt like the details I was putting in made him identifiable. So I wanted to run it past him. And he was so nice in his reply. And he still lives in Australia. And he's like happy as Larry. And I'm really happy for him. He was a really nice, good guy. And probably actually one of two, maybe three men in my past who I think if I had ended up with him, I could have been really happy. Like we could have been really happy together. But it just wasn't to be. So... At that stage, I was living at home. I just finished my master's and I was working part-time at the Irish Times doing shifts. And I remember that was a really tough breakup. (laughs) And that was the first time that I discovered obsessive exercise as a way of dealing with my emotions. And I remember going to the gym in City West every single morning at like 7.30. I think my shift at the Irish Times started at 11. I used to do 11 to 7. And I would go at 7.30 and do a spin class. 7.30 to 8.30 with the instructor, who is Dave from California. (laughs) Hi, Dave. And that was literally the way that I got through it because otherwise I felt like I was just going to cry nonstop. So I had to try and keep myself busy. So I would get up and like, like on autopilot, just go to the gym, sweat my head off, work out, have a shower, go to work. And I would do that every single day for like a month, two months. I was probably the fittest I've ever been in my life, but I was miserable. Like it was such a hard, it was such a hard breakup. And I think as well, because the reason for it was so practical It wasn't that we didn't love each other. It wasn't that we didn't want to be together or at least it wasn't that I didn't want to be with him. So it felt the whole time like, oh my God, is this a huge mistake? And I think that's probably the hardest kind of breakup when you wonder if you're doing the right thing. Um, Most of my other breakups, I've been like, yeah, this is totally the right thing. But that one took me so long to get over because I really wasn't sure. And even now, I suppose I'm not sure. Even like we're both really happy and I wouldn't change my life but like I said I do think that if we'd ended up together that would have been a pretty good place to end up in Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds At Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does They charge you a lot we charge you a little So naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you That's right we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I was single then for a couple of months. Basically, I was busy spinning with Dave from California. And then I joined Plenty of Fish. And I met this guy who was 10 years older than me. We went on one of those dates that starts with drinks and then turns into dinner and then turns into more drinks and then you end up in a club we literally spent I think 12 hours together it was probably actually one of the best first dates of my life there were a lot of red flags in that relationship um he had three kids which isn't necessarily a red flag my husband who I'm with now had kids when we met but at the time I think because I was so young um Two of his kids lived in another country. He just had a lot of responsibilities. He had also been working in engineering, actually, and he had lost his job and he had moved home. So he was living with his parents. I remember, weirdly, he was really judgmental about me living with my parents, even though he lived with his parents. I think because I had a full-time job and I was earning quite good money, he was like, 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 why are you living with your parents? And I really let that get to me and I moved out. Like, within about two months of meeting him, I was like, I need to move out. I need to get a place of my own. And I moved in with a woman in her house in Crumlin. That was actually really good fun. She was lovely. Um, But that was 100% driven by him because I was like, I'm embarrassed that I live at home, despite the fact that he also lived at home. We ended up dating for a year and we broke up in kind of spectacular fashion in the airport after a weekend in Paris. So it was my birthday weekend. I had bought him the trip for his Christmas present I think because he'd never been to Paris and I was like I'll buy it for him and we'll go on my birthday weekend so it'll be like a nice weekend to go and we'll celebrate in hindsight I'm like is that kind of making the gift about me probably but it seemed like a good idea at the time so we went to Paris we just had a shit weekend like I think the weather wasn't great he was quite grumpy I think he was just a bit of a grumpy person but I think at that stage as well he had started to really resent me to resent like I tended to pay for most things because I had more money than he did. And I think he really resented that, but also was happy for me to pay for things. You know, I'm like, you can't resent it if you're accepting it. Like if you're taking the money, you need to just be gracious about it. But anyway, I think he was quite resentful. And he kind of would talk about how like I was getting paid ridiculous money and like as if I didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? Really like, you know, I can't believe I'm out of work and you're getting paid this to do that stupid job. That was kind of the vibe that I got. And he also really hated if I made decisions or if I said, let's go over here. He would be like, no, I'm going over here. Like, and a lot of the time it felt like he was just doing it so that he wouldn't be obeying me. He wouldn't be feeling like he was obeying me. Anyway, on the last day of this trip, it was the Sunday. I think we were flying back on the Monday morning and he announced that he wanted to go and see Ireland play rugby. And I had literally never heard this man talk about rugby before ever in his life once And he was like, we need to find a pub showing the rugby. And because I am a pushover, I don't think I seem like a pushover, but in relationships I have historically been a big pushover. I said, yes, okay, great, we'll go and see the rugby. And in my head as well, I was like, okay, we'll go to the rugby and then he has something planned for my birthday because the Sunday was my birthday as well. So I was like, okay, we're going to go to the rugby and then he's going to take me for an amazing meal or something that he has up his sleeve for my birthday. It will surprise no one to hear that he had nothing up his sleeve. We watched the rugby. Then he insisted on staying and watching the next rugby match, which was like England playing someone else. And I was like, whatever about if you like you don't care about rugby. I could kind of convince myself that you care about Ireland playing rugby, but England playing rugby. So we stayed for the second rugby match. And then he went, let's just go across the road to this like kind of grubby looking pizza place and get dinner. And I was literally like, what? 
what? Like, oh, it was just shit. It was so shit. We ended up having a big fight over dinner where he told me that I think I'm right all the time, that I'm really bossy, that I have an attitude problem, that I'm really superior. We went to bed that night. I was basically going, okay, we're clearly going to break up when we get home. But I didn't want to break up with him then and there because I was imagining the next 24 hours of like horror as we had to go to the airport together and get home. So I decided I'd break up with him when we got back to Dublin Airport. So we went to bed that night. The next morning, he just acted like everything was normal. But I remember we got to the airport and we went through the security check and they opened up his bag and said, oh, we just have to look at this and, you know, opened up different bits. And I remember they took out a camera and I went, what the hell is that? I had lit, like, like the rugby, I'd never seen this man take a photograph in the year that we'd been dating. And he got so annoyed and he was like, what the fuck do you think it is? The fucking camera like screamed at me. And I did not speak a single word to him from that moment until we got to Dublin Airport. Not like I wasn't sulking, but I just was completely silent. I don't even think he, I don't, I mean, he must have noticed, but I don't think he was worried about it. I think he was just like, oh, we just had a fight. Because when we got to Dublin Airport, we had been meant to be going and meeting my parents and friends or something for lunch to celebrate my birthday. And he went, I don't think I'm going to come to lunch. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so either, you know. I think this is done. And he was like, what? He's like, no, no, I'll call you later. And I was like, no, you won't. Like, there's no point in calling me later. This is over. He's like, what do you mean? We just had a fight. We just had a fight. Like, we literally had a terrible weekend. He treated me like absolute shit. He screamed at me in the airport and then hadn't even apologized. I was just like, we just had a fight. We just had a fight. We did not just have a fight. We broke up. But that was really shit because we broke up. I think it was like around the time of our one year anniversary. Oh, yeah, actually, because we'd met the day after Valentine's Day. So it was a week before our one year anniversary and it was the day of my birthday. So that was that was a shitty breakup. But I actually don't even think I actually don't even remember being that sad about that. I just remember being really fucking angry with him because I just thought it was really shit, really shit of him. The next guy I would date was about a year later and I met him through. I was then living with a friend of a friend. A friend of mine owned a house in Dublin and her friend was renting a room from her and she was like, he's looking for a roommate. Do you want to move in with him? So I moved in with him and I met Liam. Uh, Liam Garrity, former producer of Not Without My Sister, former editor of How To Be Sound, still one of my best friends. He's one of two men in the book who get their real name, him and my husband, because I felt like he was too identifiable. People were going to know who he was. And like, obviously, I wasn't going to call my husband a different name because then people are going to be like, wait, your husband's name is Brandon. But Liam got sent his chapter because basically we had a lovely relationship. We started out, we went for coffee one day. But like, I knew he fancied me because I had heard him come home drunk several times. He used to hang out with my housemate and he would come home and like sleep on our couch some nights after a night out. And I remember hearing him drunkenly come home and be like, I really like Rosemary. Do you think she's awake? <laughs> and uh, so we went, when we went for coffee, I kind of already knew that he fancied me. And we just, I think from the minute we started going out, we were kind of inseparable. We talked all the time. We hung out all the time. He was still living at home then. But I think when we've been going out for about six months, we decided to move in together. So we got a house. I had Quillon, a pup who was a puppy at the time. Um, so we moved in together with our little dog to our little house. And we had such a gorgeous little life for about a year and a half. And basically we broke up because we realized that we were just friends, like who loved each other so much and we still love each other, but we just weren't in love. And it was really weird because 
we both had this moment where we were kind of going, maybe we should just like, this is great. Like we have a great life together. We have a great relationship. You know, should we just accept this for what it is, something brilliant and this be our relationship? But we both kind of came to the conclusion that we both wanted more than that. Like we both deserved to have a relationship with passion and love and romantic love more so than platonic love, which is what our relationship had kind of turned into. And that breakup was awful because like the relationship with my college boyfriend, neither of us really wanted to break up. We didn't want to blow up our lives. We like loved a lot of the things about each other. And we like the idea that because with most other breakups, I'd kind of gone, okay, I'm never going to talk to that person again. And we might have stayed in touch a little bit for a few weeks, but we didn't stay in touch long term. But the idea that I would not talk to Liam again was just like impossible. But even at that, in the couple of weeks after we broke up, we did find it really hard and we had loads of like arguments. We both got really sick of each other. And kind of the the actual kind of division of assets and like extricating each other from each other's lives, extricating ourselves from each other's lives was really difficult. And it took a couple of weeks before we ended up going for another coffee and we started going for lunches. And our friendship thankfully did survive But it took work, like it wasn't just that we broke up and we were automatically best friends. We broke up and we had a tough time. And part of that tough time is because two weeks after we broke up, I met my next boyfriend on a night out. This time I didn't actually go looking for him, but we were in, well, maybe I did. We were in Hell at the Moon. What else do you go to Hell at the Moon for? And we were there on a girl's night out and we met this group of guys. And one of them I got chatting to we really hit it off we ended up kissing at the bar we spent the night together I went back to his house where he had basically said to me oh you know you can come back to mine like I live with my mom but she's really cool and somehow in my drunk little head I was like oh he lives like in an apartment in town with his mom like they must just like she must be really cool and young and they just live together but no it was his of course it was his childhood bedroom was his childhood house like that we went back to and his mom was not delighted and he basically made me wait until she'd gone to golf the next morning to take me out of his bedroom and bring me home and we didn't actually exchange numbers or anything because in my head well because I was pretending that I didn't want this to go anywhere because I was just out of this relationship with Liam um but he looked me up on Facebook because I obviously look I obviously had given him enough details that I was like you'll be able to find me if you want to find me and I kind of got the impression that he did So he left me home that day and I think about two days later he messaged me on Facebook and we went on our first date. We went to the Vintage Cocktail Club in Temple Bar which is actually quite a nice first date place because the lighting is nice and low. I don't even know if that's still open actually since COVID. I don't know if it survived. But it was a really nice first date and we ended up going out for five years. And you know what? In hindsight, there were signs from the very beginning that I think I should have paid more attention to So after we first started dating, I remember in the first couple of months, I kind of told him one time that I didn't think this was going to work out, basically because I was like, you're not that into me. It's very clear to me that you're not that into me. You don't make that much of an effort and I deserve and I want somebody who is that into me. And I remember him being like, no, no, don't be ridiculous. But not really going, oh, no, I'm really into you. I think you're great. I think you're gorgeous. You know, just kind of going, don't be silly. And somehow the don't be silly was enough for me. And we ended up going out for five years. Now, it's weird to look back on now because it doesn't feel like, like, I'm like, how was that five years? Like, I, the memories I have are so scattered of the time that we spent together. 
but he was honestly one of the nicest men I've ever met. I remember asking him one time, like, what's the worst thing that you do, like, in your life? Because I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine him ever doing anything bad. Like, he just seemed like such a nice person. He was really funny and he was really generous and he was very laid back and he was really forgiving because there were definitely moments where I lost my shit at him or I would get really drunk and, like, start screaming. You know, just, like, in your 20s having moments of kind of mania. I had a few of those and I had a few of those while I was going out with him and he was very lovely and forgiving and loving about them and it was only really in the last year of our relationship that things kind of started to fall apart. Um, he was about I think three or four years younger than I was and I had started to kind of want to move things forward. We were going out for five years. I wanted to get engaged or you know at least think about getting engaged and that felt like something at the time that was quite important to me and it just wasn't something that he felt ready for and I remember one time him saying to me no I think I'll be ready for that next year and then the next year rolled around and he was like oh no did I say this year no no not this year um he was still going out like he was still enjoying the like going out hanging out with the lads in a way that I was kind of in my early 30s at that point and I kind of got over or got past or I was never really a big drinker anyway but I didn't really go out that much anymore and I think I was just like a bit more settled and maybe that's just more the kind of person I am but he was still going out all the time and one night it was actually I think St. Patrick's Day of that year he went out and he kissed someone else and I was at home watching Janelle Monae videos on YouTube I remember it's distinctly I was in my PJs I was sitting in the kitchen I was watching this Janelle Monae video And he came in the door looking incredibly panicked. I was like, oh my God, what happened? And he went, I kissed someone. And I was just like, what? What? You you what? Like, oh my God, I remember being so upset. And actually a friend of mine was also living with us at that point. So we had, we were living in a two bedroom house. And she was living in the second bedroom. And I remember going into her, she was in the living room watching TV. I remember going into her and being like, he kissed someone. Like I was bawling, crying. I remember her as well just looking at me and going, oh my God, what happened? And just like, Oh, the, nobody really talks about when you find out somebody's been cheating on you or somebody has cheated on you. It's not even the betrayal that was so affecting to me in that moment. It was just the shock. Like, I had never thought that he would do that. It had never occurred to me that this would happen. Like, I had a lot of fears in that relationship where I was like, oh, we're going to break up and he's going to go out with someone younger or he's going to get sick of me or he's going to think I'm really boring because I don't like to go out that much or he's he's actually in love with one of his friends like he had a group of girlfriends who were very glam and very just very like glamorous gorgeous girls in a way that I didn't feel like a glamorous gorgeous girl at the time but this moment where he came back and was like I kissed someone and you know he told me that it didn't mean anything and I believed him that it didn't mean anything but I also felt like if it didn't mean anything then why why would you do this you know what I mean it felt like he was kind of throwing a wrench in things on purpose somehow I don't think he was, consciously anyway, but looking back now, I do think that he was kind of trying to find a way out without realising that he was trying to find a way out. Because after that, our relationship didn't really, it's not that it went to shit, it's that I expected him to then suddenly step up and start making a major effort and like show me that he loved me and he didn't do that. He just continued going out all the time and continued hanging out with his friends and I continued feeling shitter and shitter and shitter about myself and about our relationship and then one night it all came to a head when he came home after a night out he hadn't texted me all night I had texted him to say like how are you getting on or something and he hadn't written back 
which is fine like you know sometimes that happens and that would happen with him quite frequently and I would just go whatever he's having a good time like you know I would have liked him to write back to me but I wasn't angry about it and this night he came home and I remember he got into bed and he started texting and I was like what like who are you texting and he was like oh just a girl from work who had been out on the night out with him I was so pissed off because I was like you couldn't text me back but you're texting someone you spent the whole night with like something is wrong with this picture so when he fell asleep I went through his phone I think that is the first time I've ever gone through anyone's phone but I was convinced that I would find something like evidence that they'd kissed or that they'd hooked up or something because also like in my head I was like well he already cheated on me once so what's to stop him doing it again so I went through his phone and I actually did not find evidence that he had cheated. I don't think anything had happened with them at that point. But I just looked back on their conversations and they were kind of, you could see when they had started to be friends. You could see them getting flirtier. They were quite flirty that night. And the real like nail in the coffin was, I saw this one particular message from her saying, it was on the night of Eurovision that year. And she was like, don't forget, I'm having a Eurovision party. Bring whoever you want. And this had been a big sticking point for us because when Eurovision was on that year, he was like, I'm going to a Eurovision party with someone at work. And I was like, oh my God, can I come? I love Eurovision. And he was like, no, no, it's just work people. So when I saw this message that was like, bring whoever you want, I was so pissed off and like so hurt. And I just felt so betrayed, probably more than I did the night that I, that he came home and said he kissed someone. This was worse. So I remember I slept precisely zero minutes that night and I sat in the bed rocking back and forth like I was losing like I was losing my mind waiting for him to wake up and I eventually woke him up at about 6 30 I remember the sun came up and I was like I can't lie here anymore and I woke him up and I was like I think we both know this is over and he kind of like this must have been such a horrible way to wake up because he kind of sat up and was like what like like what are you talking about and I was like I think we both know this is over like I went through your phone I saw your messages I don't think anything's going on between you two, but you're like being super flirty. You're not in this relationship anymore. You don't want to be in this relationship anymore. Oh, and fucking you're a vision. <laughs> and yeah, he moved home to his mom's that day, to his mom's cool apartment. No, to his childhood home with his mom that day. But I remember as well feeling like I just wanted him to fight for it a bit longer or something. Because I did turn around to him at one point and be like, should we just give it another go or something and he was like no I think you know I think we both need to accept this is over and he was right he was totally right but it really really hurt um yeah and that I mean after that relationship I was in a really bad place I was probably in a really bad place before the relationship ended I had been really kind of sinking down into a hole of paranoia and self-pity and also like hurt I was felt like I was kind of being targeted by people posting in forums online about me being quite nasty about me my looks my personality like what's my boyfriend doing with me these kinds of things and I also a couple of months previously someone had tied balloons to my door with like a nasty message on them about me so obviously somebody who knew where I lived and I was so freaked out by that but also I just I remember like I would go into town and feel like I don't know how many people are walking past me who know who I am and hate me. Or I could be walking past the person who said this about me online. Or I could be walking past the person who said this about me. Or I could be walking past the person who tied those balloons to my door. And I felt really, really paranoid and really scared. 
And I also just felt like everyone hated me. And and what's worse is that I felt like they were justified. Like I felt like because there were so many people who were kind of felt negatively towards me, they must they couldn't all be wrong. So when we broke up, I was in a really low place and I really was I was 32 or 33. I was really worried that I would never meet anyone else. Nobody like anybody who I ever met would Google me and then immediately go, oh, no, she sounds like a dick. Like what people are writing, like if what people are writing about her is true, which it must be in my head, she's a dick. And I joined Tinder, I think, because I really wanted the validation of matching with people and feeling like there were still people out there who would fancy me and who would want to kiss me or want to sleep with me and one of the first people that I got talking to was this guy who basically when he first started messaging me told me that he thought I was using Rosemary like like that he knew of me and he was like I thought you were using Rosemary McCabe's pictures like I thought you were a catfish which I was really flattered by I've always wanted somebody to use my pictures as a catfish so I feel like they only use like really hot pictures so I'm always hurt when nobody's used mine that I know of um <laughs> but we ended up we started dating in about the November. I think me and my ex had broken up in September. And then this new guy I met around the end of November. So again, it was like, I've been in a relationship for five years. And then I was out of it for two months. And I was back in another relationship. Like I really, serial monogamist, I was not exaggerating. So that relationship was just oh, not great. There were a lot of red flags from early on. And... To be honest, I don't really want to get into it in a major way here because I wrote about it in the book and I wrote about it very carefully in the book because he had some substance abuse issues that really kind of showed up again and again in our relationship. And he also, I think, was quite a manipulative person and started out our relationship by basically negging me. I think one of the first things he said to me was, God, people online really, really hate you. Like you need to really work on your image and instead of going like, hey, fuck you, I was like, oh my God, he's right. He can help me. Like, he's going to be able to save me. And he was not. I mean, maybe he could have saved me, but that was not what he was into. Um, and actually, bizarrely, since my book came out and the chapter I wrote about him and how our relationship ended, which was, it was all terrible. It was all terrible. There was an incident where, like, he was in recovery from alcoholism and there was an incident where he started drinking again and decided he was going to go and beat up Liam because he was convinced that we were still seeing each other, which if we wanted to see each other, we would have been seeing each other. Like we saw each other all the time. If we wanted to be going out, we would have been going out. You know what I mean? It was really, it was really weird to me that I was like, why would I ever hide this? Like if I wanted to be with Liam, I would be with Liam. Like it would be great. I'd, I'd be delighted if I wanted to be with Liam and he wanted to be with me. <laughs> like that would be a great life. But yeah, he went over to Liam's house and like threatened to beat him up. So that was awful and dramatic. And then we ended up breaking up basically over the phone um I had tried to get him to meet me for a coffee I think I suggested going over to his house and picking him up because I wanted him to be somewhere where he felt safe I didn't want him to be like in my house where he felt like he was on the back foot and also near a whole load of pubs I was trying to think like really strategically like what can I do to make this e the easiest for him but anyway we ended up breaking up on the phone and then he came back to get his stuff. I think he texted me and said, hey, can I come and pick up some of the stuff that I left in your house? And he arrived over about a week later and he was so drunk. And then when he left, started calling me and accusing me of putting a shoulder of vodka in the bag that I'd given him with his stuff. Like just really bizarre. And 
like, why would I ever do that? Why would I, there's no reason that I would do that. I had no interest in like sabotaging his sobriety. He was busy doing that on his own. Another woman who read the book actually contacted me to say she was pretty sure that she had dated the same guy before I dated him. And she said that while they were going out, he used to basically creep on my Instagram and talk a lot about what a dick I was and how like state of her, look at what she's posting today. And she was like, she said to me, she was like, oh my God, he was obsessed with you. Like he used to look at your Instagram, look at your stories every day and just slag you off. It's just, and like, I do believe that his feelings were real, but it makes sense now with the catfishing that I feel like he went into it kind of going, oh my God, like I'm going to go on a date with this loser, like that I creep on online. I hate her. You know what I mean? I don't know. God, it's such a fucking weird situation. Anyway, so we broke up. Nightmare scenario. I then was determined. I was like, I'm going to stay single. I had a few kind of like one night stands with random guys that I met on Tinder. I remember one guy came over on a motorbike and I was like, this is going to be the best sex of my life. It was terrible. Not even terrible. Sorry, that's actually unfair. If you're listening, it wasn't terrible. But you and I both know it lasted 15 seconds and that's being generous. I just was disappointed. That was the year that I ended up moving to America. Um, it was the first time in, obviously, years that I'd been single. It was the first time that I hadn't had a full-time job. So I was fully freelance. I was working on my newsletter and doing some podcast stuff and kind of earning enough through freelance jobs to get by. And my sister suggested that I move to America. Initially, she was like, why don't you just come for a year or two, see if you can get a visa, come over and work from here. You can stay with me. Like she has four kids and she has a pool. And I also was kind of at the point where I was like, okay, I'm probably not going to meet someone. I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to get married. My sister has this family over in America and I'm missing all of that. Like I'm missing hanging out with any of them. I don't get to spend any time with the boys. So I kind of thought, well, I have no, I have no reason not to. And I have a lot of reasons to do it. So I applied for a visa, but of course, of course, very me within about a month of arriving actually the year before I arrived properly so I came over for three months just like on holiday and I downloaded tinder because I was like well if I'm going to move over here I might as well see what's going on and like dating people would be a great way to, to see the city of Fort Wayne and like to get to know the area and I went on dates with two different guys the first guy was in an open marriage and he had said that to me from the off and initially I was like oh no like I wouldn't go out with somebody who's in an open relationship and then I was like maybe I'm being really close-minded and judgmental and if I don't want anything serious then why wouldn't I go out with somebody who's in an open relationship when we went on our date it actually turned out that he was the only one in the open relationship his wife was not sleeping with anyone else or was not dating anyone else he said that it was because his wife didn't want to have sex with him and I quote she lost interest once she had the ring on her finger this is what he said then he revealed that he had a 10 week old baby and he had told me that he had three kids, but he actually had four. And the youngest was was 10 weeks old. And then he revealed to me that his kids were basically all under five and he'd been married for five years. So he had four kids under five, right? So do that maths. I was like, okay, so your wife doesn't want to sleep with you because she has basically been pregnant or immediately postpartum for your entire marriage. And you think you're not getting enough sex. And I also just felt so weird about him having a 10 week old at home, like with his wife, who he was ignoring. Not his wife, but the baby. But also the wife. It was so weird. Anyway, 
We went on one date, didn't even kiss. And the second guy I went on the date with was my now husband, Brandon, who actually I feel kind of weird talking about. You can just assume that things went well between us, right? Because we are now married and we have a baby and we have two, he has two kids from a previous marriage, so I have two stepsons. We have a family, we have a house, we have a dog, we have a cat. Things went well. I'm very happy. I love him a lot. I believe he loves me a lot. (laughs) But it's really weird since releasing the book and in the chapter about him, I talk about kind of us meeting and falling in love and what the process, we, we kind of did long distance for a while and what that was like. But I feel as though I've given the impression that our relationship is perfect and that he's perfect and that I'm perfect in this relationship. And none of those things are true. We, well, he drives me mad. He claims I don't drive him mad, but like I have to. Everybody drives everybody mad sometimes. We have stupid arguments about stupid things. He frequently leaves his dishes dirty in the sink when we have a dishwasher. Like, you know, like we have all the same problems that relationships have. And I, so I don't really want to go on too much about our relationship because I feel like I'm giving a false impression of what it's like and I also just don't want to I don't know I don't want to set myself up for failure one of the things actually that I failed to mention is so the guy who I was dating who we broke up after the weekend in Paris the day we broke up the Irish Times came out with a piece I had written about how I met my boyfriend online and there was a picture of the two of us in the piece like literally the day we broke up this newspaper article came out extolling the virtues of online dating and talking about our great love story I honestly think the best like actually the biggest piece of advice I could ever give anyone is never write about your relationship until you're married and even then exercise caution (laughs) because oh so embarrassing loads of people contacted me to go oh I saw your piece in the Sunday Times and I was like oh we broke up and actually after we broke up really weirdly somebody started contacting him like somebody with a fake email address basically to say oh, you know, I saw the thing in the paper about you and Rosemary. I heard you've broken up. Like, I went to school with her and she was a bitch then. She's a bitch now. See, she hasn't changed. And this person emailed him and and he contacted me to tell me, like, and forwarded me the emails and emailed him a couple of times, which is really weird. Like, I don't know. People are, people are interesting. So that is my very long dating history. And that's not even all of them. There are more in the book. I would love to say that I've learned some valuable lessons, but mostly I've learned that... I will pretty much do anything for a boyfriend and yeah that's embarrassing looking back now and I could not guarantee that I wouldn't do the same thing tomorrow I wouldn't ever date someone that my friends have dated ever again and I'm sorry that I did like I'm sorry that I did that like I'm sorry to them but I also regret that because it was unnecessary there are plenty more men out there that I could have dated who hadn't previously dated my friends maybe if one of those relationships had ended in true love and marriage I'd be like oh it was worth it but obviously it wasn't worth it and yeah I just feel like the friendships that I have with my female friends and thankfully I'm still friends with both of those girls both of those women who were bigger people than I am and very forgiving the relationships that I have with my female friends are just so rich and so valuable and so important to me the idea I mean, the idea that I would ever break up because like that breakup that I had with a friend in school actually was so hard it was that was probably one of the worst breakups of my life and I could never break up with one of my girlfriends thank you so much for listening to me cute I'm sorry this was so long sorry I'm such a whore <laughs> if I hadn't been so slutty it would have been much shorter if you have the time I'd love if you'd give this a five star review and a rating on wherever you're listening to this if you don't want to do that that's also fine uh, I'll be back next week
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.